So I lecture them about getting involved. I tell them, don't let people that didn't take a math course in college be the people telling you about budgets and making budgets about (laughs) infrastructure. And so they laugh and um, they don't realize that when they graduate with an engineering degree, they know math and science better than 95% of the population. Welcome to the DuPage Business Beat, a podcast about today's biggest business issues told from a Chicagoland perspective. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening. Welcome to the DuPage Business Beat. I'm Greg Bedloff, President and CEO of Choose DuPage. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Christopher Burke. Chris is the founder and CEO of Christopher B. Burke Engineering Limited. Founded in 1986 and based in Rosemont, Chris's company provides engineering services for both private businesses and government entities. They're involved in everything from civil engineering and transportation to drainage, mechanical, environmental, and water resources. In other words, Chris's firm helps engineer the infrastructure on which our communities are built. And just in case that wasn't enough, Chris also serves as a professor at my alma mater, the University of Illinois at Chicago. Chris also serves on the board of Choose DuPage and the College of DuPage Foundation Board, and many, many others. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Greg. It really is a pleasure to have you here. Chris, you and I have both lived in DuPage County for decades. We've both seen a lot of growth, to say the least. And I'm curious, from an engineering perspective, how you see DuPage County's evolution and what businesses should kind of be thinking about in the future as compared to the way things used to be in the 80s and the 90s as DuPage County grew up and matured. So, Greg, my memory of when the county was evolving was uh, the uh, large number of transportation projects that had to be constructed to keep up with the demand of traffic. Uh, They used to have an impact fee, if you remember, Mm -hmm. that was uh, paramount in getting some of these projects uh, moving forward. As the county grew, the needs for water and sewers, boring things like that, became more evident. It was in the 80s that they they started bringing out uh, Lake Michigan water. You can see now some of the outlying counties are uh, uh, doing that. There was also a big issue of flooding, number of rivers and streams that go through the county. And so in the 80s, 90s, and uh, uh, beginning of the, uh, the decade, Uh, We had a lot of uh, flood control projects, Greg, uh, constructed. So a lot of the infrastructure is currently intact and has capacity, which is the great news for people looking to come into DuPage County. And is that continuing to kind of march westward? I know that you're involved, as you mentioned, with providing water and sewer and other infrastructure services. Uh, Chicago water going to continue to spread further and wider. And as we continue to see transportation, warehousing, logistics, data center. They take up a lot of square footage, Chris. And what kind of impact does that have as it continues to march westward? As we move westward, there is a limitation on how much water can be uh, taken out of Lake Michigan. There is a limit based on a Supreme Court uh, ruling. And so um, eventually we'll reach a maximum amount that can be uh, taken out. Joliet is one of the communities right now that has reached an agreement with the city of Chicago to take um, Lake Michigan water. But uh, the good news is uh, for the vast majority of DuPage County and the uh, uh, adjoining areas, uh, there is uh, Lake Michigan water available and allocated. Great. So let me take you back a little bit, Chris, since we're talking about kind of the, the beginnings of, of DuPage County to the beginning of your organization. Uh, 1986, you're a young engineer 
and you decide what? It's time to hang up your own shingle and give the engineering world and uh, the entrepreneurial world a try? How does that all come about? Well, Greg, it was an interesting uh, transition. I had the opportunity to work for a, a great company that uh, was headquartered downtown and uh, left them after three years and started by myself in the office with uh, pretty much only a desk and a bookshelf and started doing work. I started uh, with the uh, uh, stormwater uh, issues out in DuPage County, and the company grew over that period of time. We were uh, rapidly expanding and running at 100 miles per hour, and it was uh, it was exciting. And uh, over the years, the most rewarding aspect of start having a company is to see the, uh, the impact of those projects on the community, how people's lives are enhanced by not having chronic flooding, having good water, having good sewers and uh, roadways and the like. Well, it obviously worked for you. Your business is now north of 200 employees. That's a heck of an accomplishment in what's really a, a relatively short period of time. Clearly, your your work speaks for itself, but I know your employees are really important to you. How have you seen the the change that we're all experiencing right now, whether it's COVID, whether it's remote work, whether it's hybrid work? How does that impact your 200 or more employees on a daily basis? So, Greg, in... Um in Christopher B. Burke Engineering, we have about 450-some-odd people, and that creates a lot of challenges finding uh, um, students. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, I teach at UIC where I have witnessed a real change in the demographics of who's going into school. I know there are a number of students that are currently enrolled in my classes that are or started their career here at College of DuPage. They went for the first two years. And so getting a good head start and great and affordable education here at College of DuPage is a great way for this workforce matriculation. So I've been able to uh, uh, utilize the students that uh, I've taught at UIC and other places, and it's been pretty good. But it is engineering is a very in-demand field right now. Well, whether it's Purdue or University of Illinois down at Champaign-Urbana or UIC over in Chicago, we kind of think of those as really robust, well-known, and well-respected engineering schools. And we're lucky to have that uh, that amount of those schools here in the Midwest. But as you're looking to hire the next generation of engineers, the next generation of leaders, are you going outside this little circle that we have here? And are you looking at other parts of the country? And are you seeing particular pockets where things are really exploding? Well, when we have ventured out of this uh, region, we have been looking at HBCUs and other uh, collaborative institutions where we can take advantage of getting a diverse uh, workforce. But really, as you said, we are blessed with some of the greatest engineering schools within a, a, a two-hour radius. Um, Madison is two hours. U of I, uh, Banner-Champaign, and Purdue are both two hours away. And it's incredible uh, how uh, highly rated those universities are. And does that still matter when you're pursuing a degree or, I'm sorry, pursuing a career in engineering? Do you still find, because I know you're, as you mentioned, you're involved with a lot of students. Do you still find that students kind of wave the flag of, I graduated from Purdue. I didn't graduate from just any old college from an engineering perspective. Well, it's interesting because recently we have started looking at graduates that have a good uh, background and good internships and 
the internships may be in engineering, but I really like the uh, individual, lots of my students at UIC that have part-time jobs doing things to help them get through school. And it, and, and their work ethic is very different than those at uh, in Champaign or West Lafayette. These kids come out of uh, school, they're probably working at least one part-time job, maybe making pizzas, but they are getting a, a financial reward from their work. So they're ready to start immediately, and there is no gap year. None of my students at UIC have ever heard the term gap year. <laughs> you know, they're working, and uh, their parents work, and it's really rewarding from that perspective. What about advanced degrees in engineering, Chris? Is um, is that becoming more prevalent? I know that when we talk about labor in DuPage County, we, we're proud of the fact that we have a highly educated workforce and so many, such a high percentage of DuPage County residents have a college degree, but it seems like advanced degrees are becoming kind of the norm now as opposed to the exception. You see in that in engineering as well? Absolutely. And I, I really... Um press my students to get advanced degrees. And today you can get advanced degrees that are almost 100% online. And so you don't have to physically be in the, on the campus and it's exciting. So every single person in my class hears me lecture about the need for them to get a master's or even consider a PhD. And people can get a very affordable master's degree over a three, four year period online. Okay, so you you brought up online. How much of your work, how much of the employees that uh, the work that they're doing is being done, for lack of a better term, online, remote? Um, You have a big operation up in Rosemont. You mentioned the Indiana offices. Are you seeing uh, the 50% model, the Monday and Friday in the office? As I walk around our building, my sense is that we're seeing people about the four or five, four out of five days in the office. Okay. And especially the younger engineers, it's very difficult to learn how to work collaboratively in an environment, working um, engineering working environment. So my sense is that we're seeing a lot of uh, individuals. There are exceptions, but for the most part, you see people back at work because of the nature of the uh, assignments that they have. Chris, you talk a lot about your students and um, the important role of the youth of the, in the future of engineering and, and certainly in your company. Um, and I know you're, you've been around a long time, and I know that a lot of the work that you do is government work. But what does it mean to you in terms of looking at a student and having a, a feel for their level of civic engagement and civic knowledge? Well, I, I make a big point of uh, telling my students to have their head on a swivel, understand what's going around, and be leaders in uh, the community as well as our profession. I always give a test at the quiz at the beginning of the semester, and um, I am always amazed how few of the students know they're the mayor of the town that they live in, the U.S. senator, the state senator, the state rep, any of those things. And uh, usually people just leave the uh, quiz uh, uh, without filling in anything. Does that worry Um, you? Pardon? Does does that worry you? It worries me a little bit, but I think I've helped push the envelope on this. I have had former students come up to me as they have become mayors of their town, ran for Congress, trustees of different communities that said, I listened to what you said, because I've been saying this for over 20 years Mm -hmm. now as a a faculty member. So I want them to uh, be involved in our profession. I will tell you, one of my former students and a staff member just became 
president of the Illinois section of the American Society of, of Civil Engineers. And in recent uh, history has shown that about half of the board of that organization, local organization, is uh, former students. So I, I lecture them about getting involved. I tell them, don't let people that didn't take a math course in college be the people telling you about budgets and making budgets <laughs> about infrastructure. And so they laugh and um, they don't realize that when they graduate with an engineering degree, they know math and science better than 95% of the population and that they should be the people making budgets, talking about what is important, uh, what you should and should not be spending monies on. So I think it's really important and, uh, and essential. It, what an unbelievable way to get involved in your community, to have the engineering base and that knowledge and then actually care about what a, a, a cast vote means to not only the opportunities for your constituents, but for the business community, for infrastructure and everything else. Absolutely. It's essential. Yeah. So um, I know sustainability is a big thing in your operation on a daily basis. You, you and I spoke in the past about your bike to work program, which I have been spreading all around DuPage County. And you'll be happy to know that many businesses that I've spoken to have said, that's absolutely fantastic. Can you talk a little bit about kind of why you embrace that and where that is going? Sure. And Greg, the uh, president, uh, the uh, person that now um, has taken over as president, um, started this probably about two, over two decades ago. And the idea here is to have our staff take advantage of getting paid to ride their bike to work. So we pay what the uh, uh, rate would be if they were driving a, a car to the a job site and uh, they get paid. And some people have, you know, thousand dollar plus checks at the end of the year. So we have this uh, uh, effort. We have done things. We we own the building that we uh, house everyone in, and we've created large locker rooms slash uh, um, shower rooms for our staff and uh, bike racks and things like that. And it's it's been very successful. It's really important for our staff if they are designing bike trails to understand sure. the uh, what works and what doesn't work, where you should be providing signalization, signage, what is a too steep of a, a horizontal or vertical curve, things like that. And so that program has been very successful. So. When it comes to sustainability and kind of the green economy, is that a is that a growth market for the region, a growth market for DuPage in terms of not only sustainability, but EVs, connected vehicles? So as we've talked before, I, I bought the first, um, one of the first uh, vaults in the Chicagoland area about 12 years ago, and I loved it. And it was also important for me to understand where and how you should be configuring charging stations. It's just not plug, uh, put them everywhere. It doesn't really make a difference if I'm going into a store for 10 minutes for them to have a charging station. I'm not having a long enough time to have a relationship with that charging station. So where you put it and how, uh, at what level you put it was really interesting for me. I've gone through um, two providers already because one went bankrupt of EV uh, chargers. I now have uh, moved on to a, a Tesla, which I uh, have today, and I love it. And it's a, a a wonder of engineering genius. And so it's the right thing to do. I think we're going to be in a situation where it's going to become more important. We need to be moving towards more sustainable 
measures on um, getting around and make it easier to get around and charge your vehicles. Yeah. So, Chris, let's go back to kind of the DuPage County of the 80s and the 90s for a minute. You know, we think it's safe to say that you saw DuPage County mature and grow up as kind of an office with some good industrial and some good logistics and some warehousing, but when, whether it's the 88 corridor through the Naperville, Downers Grove, Oakbrook area, whether it's some other parts of the county, lots of office buildings. Uh, with the new style and the new approach to work, I think it's safe to say that we're probably not going to see a bunch of big office buildings built in the future. But one thing we're seeing everywhere is data centers, transportation, distribution, and logistics. Uh, your thoughts on how that's going to impact the economy in DuPage regionally? As we get older, we see how things change and sometimes they change radically, like the impact of uh, people going and not going to work as a result of the pandemic. Sometimes it's more gradual, like the uh, I-88 quarter, which had high tech at one time, and now it's uh, not high tech. It's uh, a different type of uh, uh, use. And so, and I know that if we go back in time 50, 70 years ago, uh, DuPage County, as it was evolving, was a very different economy. So I think that we have to adapt. We have to figure out the workforce. We're no longer having computer scientists and electrical engineers um, working at Tell Labs, as an example. Yeah. Um, and now we have a different type of uh, demand for these data centers. Uh, we have a different demand on water. These data centers to cool down all these computers have uh, challenges. They have challenges not only to our existing infrastructure, uh, water as an example, but other collateral impacts. They don't need it maybe as much uh, parking as an example. So there's change in land use and the things that different land use requires. And so it's really uh, going to be an interesting uh, few years. I see this across the Midwest. Everybody's trying to get, um, and there's some examples in Illinois, on these battery plants, by but semiconductors, very important to our uh, national economy and very important to the regions. And very, it's a challenge. Water's a big issue. Water's always a big issue for these uh, data centers and semiconductor plants. Well, water and, yeah, and I was going to ask you because I know your water is near and dear to your heart kind of feel like we're uniquely positioned here in the Midwest. Uh, we have a lot of fresh water, which should provide an economic advantage for us. But as these data centers and these logistic facilities come out of the ground, the demand for energy just seems to be overwhelming in terms of supply and how quickly we can add capacity to the grid and the network. And it's a challenge. And I know it's not just here in Illinois. It's across the nation. But as energy becomes a bigger component of economic development, are we prepared for that? Well, I just came back a couple of weeks ago from the National Academy of Engineering, and these are some of the brightest minds in the world on a different type of renewables as well as things like nuclear engineering. And they have described the need to have a systems approach, not just a, you know, a, a, let's take a look at what we need today, but what we need five years, 10 years, and, you know, on yeah. down the line. Because it's really important because you cannot have a power plant or any source of energy um, production without a great distribution system. And so um, I don't know if uh, you know anybody is able to react fast enough anymore to uh, adjust to these changing economic 
land use, these land uses and the economic and energy production required for yeah. to meet the demands. Interesting. A couple of other questions before we wrap up. Um, every podcast we do, we talk about regional economic development. I'm proud to run Choose DuPage, but as you know, we're now part of GSEP, the Greater Chicagoland Economic Partnership. I have publicly stated, and I'll say it again here on the radio or on the podcast, if you will, a strong Chicago is absolutely essential for a strong DuPage County and a strong Kane County. What are your thoughts about DuPage I, working side by side with Will? Oh my gosh, Chicago actually working with Cook County and Chicago working with DuPage and Will and Lake. Greg, I agree 100% with the need for people in the city to understand that they need the suburbs and for the suburbs to understand that they need the city. We have to work together. We have to be collaborative. We have to make sure our resources are shared and utilized in uh, a, a most efficient way. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm um, tickled to death to hear you say that because your voice matters. And we really need to recognize that what's good for Will is good for DuPage. And what's good for Chicago is good for Lake. And what's good for Kane is good for Kendall. And on and on it goes. And that organic growth... I mean, I couldn't imagine as recently as five years ago, Choose DuPage being involved in international trade visits to China and Japan to recruit real foreign direct investment. And that's now happening through our relationship with the city of Chicago. And uh, we're just tickled to death to be a part of it. And I thank you, Greg, for your leadership on that issue and uh, helping to push forward that vision. Chris, listen, you are a visionary. You're a leader. And you're a great friend to DuPage County and great friend to me and Choose DuPage. And we can't do what we do from an economic development perspective without leaders like yourself and your voice and training the next generation of engineers and the next generation of leaders. I commend your civic engagement. I just I wish we could have more businesses that took the time to work with young people on what it means to become involved from a civic perspective. Well, thank you very much, Greg, for those kind words, and thank you for the great job you do for Choose to Page. Okay, thank you very much. That's it for today's show. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. To keep up with what's happening in DuPage County and the Chicagoland region, follow Choose DuPage on social media or visit choosedupage.com.